With me, as always, is Jonathan Hardesty. <laughs> Hi. And Chewy Darso. Can I go again? No. I, I've, I've used all of the do-overs. <laughs> we're, we're out of do-overs because I can't talk tonight. Oh, no. Now we're just part of the leftovers. Oh, my God. I'm just like Greg Bellow. Um, <laughs> I'm going to keep bringing him up and never explain why throughout this entire podcast. Uh, if you look at IMDb, you'll figure out why we keep bringing him up because why? Um... This week, final week of John Singleton month, which is uh, it's a, it's a bit sad to see him go, but I, I think we did a pretty good job covering the majority of his career. Uh, talking about four brothers today should be a lot of fun. The movie was definitely a thing. Um, <laughs> yep. I, I think we both, or I know we have a where have they been doing. I'm not sure if John does. And uh, yeah, ready to get into it. Yeah, no, I, I don't have one. I was going to watch the same Where Have They Been Doing that you guys were, but I ah. didn't get a chance to. Yeah, I can't say you missed much. Um, as a diehard Fast and Furious fan, although I still haven't seen Hobbs and Shaw because it just didn't look didn't look Fast and Furious enough to me. But um, Too Fast, Too Furious is a bit of a bruise on the franchise, uh, according to most of the fans, and it's, uh, it's a John Singleton movie, so we kind of had to watch it now that we're kind of studying John Singleton. And uh, my takeaway was he was the wrong choice. What uh, what makes you like? What are some uh, examples for like why he might be just compared to what we've seen so far? Well, it definitely it reminded me more of Four Brothers than it did anything else in John Singleton's career. It's just like it just felt like they had the Fast and the Furious uh, Rob Cohen, I think, right? Uh, which was kind of a fuck. What is the the Swayze movie? Point Break? Yeah, uh, yeah Point Break. Point Break. Point Break-esque, uh, like, cop drama, but with street racing. But it felt kind of, although very Hollywood, still kind of down-to-earth and gritty. And then they went and hired another director who's known for down-to-earth and gritty, and they went, but make it zany! And it's like, whoa, this is <laughs> not exactly in his wheelhouse. And you can see when we watch Four Brothers, like, oh, that's kind of his version of zany. It's definitely not Fast and Furious. Like, it just, this style of car racing, this style, like, of very fake Hollywood gangster, it just didn't really feel like his deal. So it just, I don't know, it just didn't click for me looking at it as, like, a John Singleton movie, as well as just a Fast and Furious movie. I don't think it's as bad as most fans do, but it's still the bottom of the pack. I just... It doesn't mesh with the other films. No. Tokyo Drift meshes better than this one, than Too Fast, Too Furious. Well, that's still Justin Lin. Uh, yeah, but still it's completely different at the same time. Yeah. But Too Fast, Too Furious, I mean, it gave us, gave us good characters that Justin Lin was able to work with quite well. Uh, my biggest problem with the movie is I didn't like the choice of camera movements most of the time just how the shots they chose and the low angles and the blah 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 I did not like and just Brian's character in general did not seem like him no he's he's like this weird smart ass thing he feels like 10 years younger than Brian from the first movie and then he gets back to being old and 
genuine and like the heart of crim- criminal with a heart of gold in all the other movies. Yeah. Um, but John, if you didn't have one, then uh, I think we should just dive into this uh, this beast of a movie. Oh yes, let's let's get into those four brothers. Um, since you uh you've seen it the most out of all of us, since you used to watch it from your little uh your little port window as a projectionist, do you want to do a quick breakdown? Yeah, sure. Uh, in Four Brothers, uh, we start the movie with a a market robbery or a little a shop robbery, and there's this old lady there who seems to be kind of the the matriarch of the town, this little area, very well respected, and she's teaching his kid not to steal. And the place gets robbed, and they shoot her and leave. And we cut to her four adopted uh, sons coming home and dealing with the grief in their own way before they go out trying to figure out what happened, why their mother was gunned down. And and they discover that it was a murder. And so they have to they go through a lot of actual police corruption and gangster shit before coming across Chiwetel Ejiofor and... Uh, they have a showdown over some ice, and uh, yeah, Marky Mark beats the shit out of them. Yeah, that that's uh, that's pretty much the whole movie there. Um, I don't know what I expected from this movie. Uh, I, I was kind of not expecting more so, hoping of uh, closer to a Boys in the Hood level of drama. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I know full well like how later in his career, like you you don't. Um, let me rephrase. Like when he's at this point in his career, he's far more in the Hollywood system than he was when he made Boys in the Hood. Like the same thing, like Kevin Smith talks about how he can't make movies like he used to because he's not that guy anymore. Same sort of deal here. Um, but I just I expected it to be a little bit more down to earth than it was because it kind of starts more down to earth. Like it has that kind of classic John Singleton opening of like, oh god, that was violent and shocking. Um, yeah. Like they shoot that poor guy who's just like begging not to die, and they're like, "Why should you get to live?" Blam! Like it's like, "Good lord, that's a rough, be- uh, rough opening." Um. So like that was great, but then throughout the rest of the movie, it just kind of felt like uh, it's just kind of like I want to say wasn't trying as hard, but it just didn't care as much about being realistic. It they felt. Like caricatures or archetypes, almost particularly Marky Mark's character. It was just so cartoony. I would say Marky Mark's character was cartoony compared to everybody else, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's go ahead, John. Yeah, no, there, there's there's like this sense of trying to pull off different tones in this movie, and uh, yeah, when one. I feel like they also try to pull off different kinds of Marky Marks in this movie too. Like they're trying different versions of them and none of them really gel. And there's even references like the, the brothers will riff each other like, Hey, you know, don't go in. You're such a hothead. And it's like, well, we haven't really established Mark Wahlberg's character yet. Quite as that. Like, what is this? What's oh, this band? You and I were watching a different to? movie. I, I took him as a hothead from the f- beginning of the movie. Well, they called him a hothead the moment that he gets out of his car. Yeah. Oh, I guess that's true. When like they're the, doing the cops are doing their little rundown of each guy. Oh, that's true. But I mean, throughout the rest of the whole movie, he proves that he is the hothead. Like he, yeah. he points guns at people. Like I just want to ask you a question. It's like, well, then put the fucking gun away. Like yeah, the guy was just subtle. a lunatic. And just none of the characters felt very well fleshed out which i would blame on the writers yeah uh because 
I mean, I looked at the writing credits and the other major thing that the two writers are known for is the first, uh, I think it's the first, I forgot which actually, uh, G.I. Joe movie. Oh. And those weren't known for great writing. <laughs> no. And just like, so you have Marky Mark, who's the hothead, who just embodies every type of toxic masculinity where he demeans women and calls guys uh, gay and has racial slurs and makes racial jokes and everyone just ignores him. Oh, yeah. He and, is by far the most racist person in the movie. And then you have the rocker who is the takes the brunt of all the gay jokes for some reason because he has long hair. I don't know. Uh, and Tyrese, um, his character really didn't have much. His his Tyrese's character fe- seemed like the most sane out of all of them, honestly. Uh, and then you just had the family guy, which was Andre. Yeah. And they didn't, other than him being a family guy, literally yelling i have a family i have daughters (laughs) and stabbing a guy i'm just like none of these characters really feel like they're dimensional to me yeah i would say where where that where the dimensionality like where i lost them as as anything was after the dinner scene like after we got the good scene where they're like trying to they were remembering their their mother and just her kind of teaching him how to be better man like have better manners just that that table scene before marky mark's like oh fuck it we're gonna leave i was like there's something there we've got to start we maybe these characters will be fleshed out and more than just these archetypes we're getting but no yeah i mean that was kind of annoying and i i think the the thing that really got me the most was probably that like uh if we're just going to stick on like the writing and the undeveloped characters was that opening where they're kind of introing everybody because it just kind of felt like this weird like we don't really want to do a whole bunch of character development right now so we're just going to give you like the this guy's this stereotypical character this guy's this stereotypical character and just kind of move down the line and then i don't know how else to describe it it just really set this almost lazy tone to the movie like that sounds really meaner than i mean it to be but it's like i don't know how else to describe it like yeah, it's it's a get ready because you're going to expect everything that happens. Like, get ready for the, oh, this just happened. This just happened in the movie. Oh, he's going to just do this now. We're just yeah. here at this moment in the movie. Yeah, it just, it, it just didn't... And it, it, seemed it felt just... like it was just expecting you not to be engaged. So it's just going to put everything out on the table and like, all right, the explosions and shooting people is going to come. Just, you know, you don't need, this is what you need to know. Hang out for uh, about 45 minutes and then we'll all kill each other. I mean, it felt that way through the whole movie for me. Because even when they're doing their investigations and they're going around bulldozing the gangs and then killing people, they're getting no blowback. None whatsoever. They go through that gang house. They kidnap one of the gang members. The gang never comes after them again later. Mm -mm. Uh, They disrupt an entire uh, basketball game. Which and then they learned the location. Oh, of very publicly gym. too. Very publicly, <laughs> brandishing a gun. No one calls the cops on them there, uh, and they essentially kind of kidnap a guy for a moment until they go to his uh, cousin's house. I don't remember, or is it brother? And they got, and then they leave the guy to die on the side of the sidewalk. Again, nothing comes from that. 
And you're just like, <laughs> how terrible is this police department? Does this town care about anyone? Oh, no, they're the absolute worst. I mean, even the entire movie, like the the final the finale of the movie of like we're gonna get everything handled in one big caper as they get like the the crooked cops down, they get revenge, they get everything, everything's gonna be fine. But like the the fact alone that uh, Tyrese could convince an entire like SWAT team of police officers that that guy's the bad guy. Like just that alone is just a sticking point for me on like the, there, wait, what, what, a, how many leaps am I supposed to be making with this movie right now? You're like, supposed to make the leap that this police department is terrible. <laughs> like it's just straight up Detroit right. police are dumb. Oh my God. Uh, that's this. And Terrence Howard was like the only good smart one. And he got killed because he was dumb because he went out. He didn't tell <laughs> he anyone. He was the smart one and got killed for being dumb. Because he goes, <laughs> he tries to ambush his partner who he knows is dirty without a wire, without any backup. And then he follows him into the alley. He goes first. He doesn't, make the bad guy go in front of him like anybody who has ever been He in doesn't combat. arrest him! Yeah, uh, He just takes yeah. his badge, wags his finger in his face, and goes, you bad boy, you! It's, and yeah, leaves! He was dumb! <laughs> he got shot for it! The cops are terrible in Detroit in this movie. Oh my god. Yeah, no. It, <laughs> this movie's opinion about anything Detroit kind of, is, it, it's almost funny if it weren't so aggravating at times. Like this is what two people I can't say who like where the where the writers are from because I don't know but it sounds like oh we think Detroit is terrible let's just you know caricaturize it yeah, in this just is bad ways caricatures for everybody yeah and I think that's kind of why like I'm so stuck on this movie in a weird way like we watched it last night and it's kind of thinking about it throughout the day and it's like I didn't I didn't have a bad time watching it it's not like it's a terrible movie like i think on metacritic is in like the low 40s or maybe mid 40s i'm like yeah i could see that that's like a yellow not like a red it's not a bad time like you get as john was mentioning earlier you get crazy fucking mark Wahlberg, who's always kind of a joy to watch um Chewie even mentioned at one point while watching it, it's like he almost seems like his character from the other guys. I'm just waiting for it to be funny. At some <laughs> yeah, like, point. like right. he gets so close to the edge of insane Mark Wahlberg that it's like that same like Will Ferrell Mark Wahlberg. So that's kind of fun, and like I always like seeing Andre Benjamin in like anything, just because he was a really talented guy who doesn't act that often. So that was kind of fun. Terrence Howard's yeah. character I thought was the only one that was somewhat interesting until he went, you know, dumb. He went real dumb. Uh, <laughs> I loved and, the I loved Sofia Vergara in the movie. I thought she was kind of fun and just like that perfect like thorn in the side where like even like her trying to turn in her boyfriend at the end of the movie, you're kind of going, "Oh, is this part of the plan or not?" Cuz this is something she would do. Right, right. She, and she was the only one that threw things at uh Mark's head, which I appreciated. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, no, that was, that was great to see. Everyone constantly throw things at his head more often. But that's what I mean. Like, that's, these were all things that, like, worked well in the movie. Like, it yeah. made sure that yeah. even though it's, it's real dumb, the whole movie, real dumb, it's not a bad time. And like, that's where, like, I will agree with Chewie. We can condemn the writer because the writer's the reason that this movie's stupid. But John Singleton, I think, did the best he could with this thing. He, I'm, 
sure he did. Who knows how much he actually improved the script? Yeah, like, <laughs> he's too good of a director. I know he's got some duds in there. Like, I'm not denying that. Like, I know Abduction is a movie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Which is the next movie he ma- he directed after uh, yeah. this one. Like, I don't get well, it. Well, like, even, this- I guess, as an example, we can go to, like, the action which yeah. was like that car chase in the snow, which I, I thought was actually fun, despite everything else. It was just fun, but it felt like how- it was a scene out of Sin City. Like, these guys are driving 90 yeah. miles per hour and are the best, like, marksmen I've ever seen. <laughs> I know. Like, so it kind of is, at one end, very ridiculous and funny and, like, not in the best way, but it's I, I knew where they were. Like, I don't know, it was, like, weirdly well-directed for being so goofy. Yeah. And then it ends on a note that I guess would feel maybe like a John Singleton thing. Like it just ends on a, a moment of extreme violence. They kill the two guys just straight up. Oh, and it, and that entire sequence just felt like like the only way I could describe it was their children. Like Mark Wahlberg and Tyrese just looked like two little boys who just didn't know what to do and they're wanted to be to, tough. They're trying to play the yeah. big gangster thing. Yeah, yeah. Look how I tough don't think we... either of them are. No, it's like, hey, who killed our mom? Shoot him in the face. He didn't. You didn't give him a chance to answer the question. You just shot him in the face and then yeah. stole his wallet. And the weird CG blizzard. Now that that bothered you more than it bothered me. <laughs> I take that as just a thing of the time. This was. What? I guess, except there's a lot of technology to make fake snow you could yeah but if they add they want to add more in post whatever it's Mm. it's dumb looking but you know every decade has some stupid effect they try yeah it's 2005 you know hey it's cgi snow cool this is cool (laughs) oh it's a look we're going for yeah i could i'll forgive that i agree it looks dumb but it's not something that's going to break the movie for me but yeah i like that scene i thought it was a really fun chase scene but like i said like that's where it just kind of like that's what i was talking about earlier i'm like this doesn't really feel like john singleton though like it's well done but it's like also a little too Looney Tunes for this movie. And that that was also the moment where I'm like, am I supposed to like these guys still? <laughs> <laughs> they don't seem like the good guys right now. Like, I understand it's a revenge tale, but generally in the revenge tale, you're supposed to give them more redeeming qualities. Watching them just straight up execute two guys without even bothering to talk to them does not seem very redeemable to me. Yeah, and they had that weird thing where they tried to make uh, Garrett Hudlin's character look like, oh my god, what'd my brothers just do? But that's the only time he ever has a problem with anything in the movie. Yeah. It's just like... He's the sensitive yeah. one. He wouldn't do the execution, but he's okay. And they never come back to it later. They never no. come back to his, like, I'm shocked at you guys thing. It's like, oh, was that just an act? Yeah, was that just an act, or was that like a, from a different cut where later he's like, I can't be violent anymore? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> It just kind of felt weird. Like there's just little weird moments all over it that aren't bad, but they just kind of they just kind of don't strike the right chord. Yeah, and I wonder if it's just yeah, a, a simple matter of because they didn't decide the tone. Like the premise, when I'm reading the premise just straight out on paper, that seems like an interesting idea. Four four guys from a different, completely different backgrounds growing up under one mother, and her she gets killed, and there's like corruption. There's all these kind of neat ideas in there. You know, but like I never really got the feeling that there are four guys from four completely different backgrounds. They just kind of felt like they did some different things with their life, and right. they all, with the exception of no, they all suck at it, <laughs> right? <laughs> and they're all dumb. Yeah, like they make it a point, like oh yeah, they're all terrible at their individual lives. This guy lost his factory. Well, he lost it because of criminality, but yeah, still, like they're all not doing well. Yeah, and the movie even like gets like makes sure that two people don't even have a quote-unquote backstory 
when they when they're reading the will and getting the lockbox it's like do you have a a, a pass no nope. it's like okay You're no one, apparently did, I don't know. did we just lose that page of the script just move on man <laughs> we got to start shooting people people are gonna leave the theater it's just after seeing his previous films like even shaft I mean, I had so much fun in Shaft. Shaft was a blast. In this movie, I just, like, if this movie feels like a couple dudes thought they understood exploitation films, tried to write their own revenge exploitation type film, thought they would hire a director that has experience by writing Shaft, mm -hmm. or writing and directing Shaft, and then you get this, which just feels like cartoony and hollow. Yeah, but I still didn't mind it. Like, uh, I don't think you're wrong. Like, I, I everything you're yeah. saying, I'm like, nope, that tracks. But I did would, I hate watching it? I nah. Would, I would watch Shaft again. I wouldn't watch this again. I think I would. Like, I don't think I'd go to it immediately. But if I found it, like, streaming on Netflix and I had to clean the house and I was by myself someday, I'd probably flick it on. It's like, yeah, you know, it's just kind of a, it's a dumb Mark Wahlberg movie. Every now and then a yeah. dumb Mark Wahlberg movie is just kind of fun. That's kind of also just uh, from my from the past when I was at, when I projected this, I was a projectionist when this movie came out. That was kind of the crowd that went to this thing. Like it wasn't a, it wasn't a big deal in our, in our city. Just people were like, you know, something to watch at the theater in this kind of lower end, uh, multiplex. Yeah. Here's a Mark Wahlberg movie where they shoot a bunch of people and he's angry and you know, they say fuck a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it just stinks. Cause like this was, he made this in 2005 and then he didn't direct another movie until 2011 with Abduction. And that was his last film that he directed. Yeah, that he, is... He did some television and he did some producing. But you can almost say that this movie's the one that ruined his career. Maybe. It took him freaking, what, six years to convince somebody else to let him make another movie. Well, but you don't know what he was doing in that time. I mean, some people just don't want to make movies every other year. Yeah. He could have just wanted to take a step back. Maybe his heart wasn't in anymore. Maybe he made this thing. He's like, that was a hollow shell. I need to take a break. Yeah, I don't know. And like, yeah, we there's can't no, ask him. Yeah. Like, there could have been a thousand we, reasons we why he did that. produced Hustle and Flow and Black Snake Moan after this. And Illegal Both great Tender. I don't know Illegal Tender. Yeah, I don't know that one either. Um, but, I mean, maybe that's what he found out. Is like going down the product, producing route was a little bit more to his, you know, more to his speed at this yeah. time. Who knows? Yeah, could have been anything. Hopefully it wasn't this movie ruining his career. Because I don't think it was that bad. I've watched career-ending movies and gone, yep, you didn't deserve a career after that. <laughs> I don't think that was this movie. <laughs> um, it's like I saw Fantastic Four. Uh, <laughs> shots fired! I uh, still haven't seen that. <laughs> it's I'm, on Disney Plus now I for know. some reason. <laughs> wow, okay. Disney Plus, we want the original cuts of Star Wars. How about Fantastic Four? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, someone thinks they'll get something out of it. And well, more people will watch it now at least and go, "Oof." Yeah. Oof. <laughs> I mean, the more people we get going, "Oof," the better, I guess. So the invisible woman is just a mode of transportation now? Cool. Ah, oh, it's like a mom in her minivan. <laughs> that's, that's all she is. <laughs> An invisible uh, <laughs> minivan. And she's invisible too cuz she's a mom. Oh, man. Oh, sad. Youch. Thanks, Fantastic Four. All right. Anyhow, let's wrap up. Uh, let's wrap up Four Brothers here. Um, we're going to go into favorite parts. Favorite parts. 
I'll go with the very European scene that makes no sense to me. The, I'm pooping with the door open and my brother's <laughs> taking a shower in front of me and the other guy comes in and says, hey, can you look at my penis? And he's like, nah, I can't see that right now. Ask that guy to look at your penis. He's like, I'll look at your penis. <laughs> I'm just like, what's going on? Is this supposed to be commentary on little on brothers and how close they are that they can all just be naked in front of each other as adults? I don't think this happens in America. That that whole scene is amazing, especially when like when they all head out and they're like, "We're we're going." He's like, "I gotta wipe myself. <laughs> Wait for me." I was just like, "What is going on?" Like, I know I'm not a guy. I don't want to see my brother naked or pooping or whatever. Mm-mm. But I've also never heard any other guys that have brothers ever talk about doing this sort of thing. I've heard of. Like the, I, I know people, not even heard of, I know people who don't have a problem with the open door while pooping if it's family. Like, man, eh, whatever, I got I gotta brush my teeth, man, and you're taking too long. Like, I've heard of that. But uh, the whole, like, hey, hey, while you're taking a shit, can you, can you take a look at my dick real quick? Uh, <laughs> no, I can't, I don't know what that one is. How about him look at your dick? Oh, we're showered. all in here. No, that's, that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird. Yeah. No. <laughs> I draw the line. That's weird. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Like that scene though does fit in in a movie that has that car chase where they're perfect marksmen while their That's tires blown I mean, out. I could excuse it if they were European. I mean, you said it's your favorite scene, so I mean, it it's belongs my, in the movie. It's my favorite because it's the most perplexing. <laughs> I think my uh, my favorite scene uh, has to be. He's been dubbed the hothead throughout the film, and then it's like the one time where one of his brothers calls him a hothead, and it's such a great moment. So Tyrese has been looking into um, uh, Andre uh, Andre Benjamin's uh, possible evil doings, and it's found that he's cashed in a four hundred thousand uh, dollar life insurance claim on his mom. And he's like, I don't know what he's doing, but he might have had something to do with our mom dying. But he has to withhold that information from Marky Mark because he knows he'll explode. So he gives him enough. To like be just a little interested. He's like, all right, that's it. He's like, well, what else is it? He's like, well, I'm going to hang on to that stuff because you're a hothead. He's like, I'm not a fucking hothead! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you are. Dude, dude. <laughs> and then just like any, really, my favorite part of this movie is Marky Mark in his most extreme moments. Like him playing hockey in, for three seconds at the end credits. Him pointing guns at people going, oh, I asked you a question. I just need to ask you a question. And then drops him out of windows. Like, I just wanted to ask him a question. It's like, here. <laughs> You're a fucking psychopath. Could you imagine this guy dealing with any protesters right now? Oh, my God. I just wanted to ask you a question. What's on that sign? I can't read. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, uh, well, so given his me- point of view, he'd probably be marching. Or maybe he'd be marching. Maybe. No, I think he'd just be mad at people marching. Oh, my God. Can you imagine asking him to wear his mask? He'd be the ultimate old guy. Get off my lawn. Even better. He would be mad at the marching, but he'd be down there marching and mad at the police, too. Oh, yeah. I'm mad at everybody. (laughs) You should be marching right now. Fuck the police. I was like, (laughs) is he on our side? (laughs) He's on his own side. He's basically a Tasmanian devil right now. Just point him at the police. (laughs) Good old Bobby Mercer. God. And the end where he's just appearing out of the snow. Like, where was How he? How long has he been walking? There's no vehicle behind him. Did he make a big circle? Oh. Did he, like, crawl out from back of one of these and just got to a part where no one was looking? You remember a like, moment ago when you were saying you didn't enjoy this movie, and I'm like, it's yeah. a Mark Wahlberg movie, and now we're having fun. Yeah, no. <laughs> I, I think we're starting to make the defense for this movie. movie. Yeah, I think we're making the defense for this yep. movie. I mean, if I could go back and color it all to be a cartoon, it might be more fun. 
Mark Wahlberg should just be a brick. Just an angry brick in every scene. (laughs) (laughs) John, Uh, favorite moment. (laughs) Yeah, so it's it was kind of a type. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the one we didn't just mention, because Mark Wahlberg coming out of the snow and punching (laughs) out the bad guy, Victor Sweet, is amazing. And if I were to have people watch that movie, like if I were like, you should watch this, that's the scene I'd be pointing to. Like, this is why. But the scene that I think gets me I forgot it was in this, even though I've seen this a bunch of times, is when they introduce Victor Sweet, the villain, at the restaurant that he owns, I think. And the other guy, the guy at the head of the table, he's just eating while Victor is yelling at everyone else. He's like, I'm sorry, are you hungry? And then he tosses the guy's food on the floor, makes him and his girlfriend eat it. And it should, it feels like on paper it should be badass, but it plays so goofy. Oh, yeah. Just so... I don't know how, like, tonally, it's just a very weird scene. But for me, I found it to be really funny this time around. He's such a good actor. I just don't think he knew exactly what this character was. And this is the second time I saw him as an actor uh, while, while I worked at the movie theater. Because the first one was Serenity, uh, the Firefly movie. Oh, he's he's really good in that. He's really good. And I went from that to this. And I was just like, I didn't know how to parse this when I first saw him <laughs> as the villain. And then even the scene at the, the card table where he's like, you go to the kitty table. I'm not done with you. Oh my goodness. The set decoration in that scene in that house, I was just like Woof. <laughs> what is this? Uh, yeah, no, and it's I think it's on the repeat viewings over and over again with this movie that a lot of these moments that we're laughing at have stood out the most. Uh yeah. Because in the first time I saw this, I was like, what is this even? But even watching it again, it was like, oh, you know, this is, here's this silly part. This is silly. This is fun, funny. Yeah. But but it is weird in this month of John Singleton, having started from very serious and very deep and heavy material, coming to this, the synthesis is weird of the two styles. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he, he had quite a journey in his filmmaking career, which we'll get to uh, in a minute. But uh, first, we have to do double features. What movie do you think would be a great double feature with this? And I can go first because I, I have the best one. Uh, it, it's not not quite as good as this one. It is about equally stupid, though. Um, it's also about inner city gangs. And I'm going with Deuces Wild. Never seen that. Oof. That is a movie that is just rough. But, man, it would be fun to watch with this one. I would probably watch that one first because that will make this movie look a lot better. But it will get you in the right mindset. <laughs> I'm going to go with the other guys because he's playing a, it's Marky Mark playing a hothead again uh, and kind of a dumb cop. Yeah. And, but the criminals are also dumb in the other guys and everything's dumb in the other guys. It's just, it knows it's dumb and it embraces it and it sticks to that tone. It's crazy. I think for a double feature, just because why not? I'd throw Ted in there. Connecting him to just Mark Wahlberg performances that, you know, at the end of your double feature, you're going to be like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That works. Uh, so it's the end of the month. We've done our, our four movies. Uh, I think we had a good time with it. I, I will say this much before we kind of say, like, what have we learned? Like, what do we, like, grow to like or dislike about John Singleton? As much as I think we did a good job kind of, like, arcing his career since his career was so varied and also like kind of similar it's kind of tough for me to say like what i learned about him 
Because we just kind of watched four crime-based movies. Yeah, and they all just kind of had this, like... Each one had its own different flavor to it, which was kind of fun. But they're all kind of in the same wheelhouse. So I'm not sure how much of, like, a a real lesson I learned from him overall. I do think he's a very good filmmaker, and I wish I'd kind of watched more of his movies while they were still coming out. I would say I really appreciated how he was able to flesh out characters in his earlier movies. But then once we got into... It's like he decided to start becoming an action director Mm. when before he was a character director. uh, And then it just kind of got lost. Which I would say is disappointing. I I really want to watch Higher Learning now. Yeah. Yeah. If anything, I'm... I would definitely. I'm definitely interested in checking out more behind-the-scenes stuff from these movies and just l- learning the history of his filmography. Just because, yeah, ju- just even judging from the the few that we watched, there's a there's a, a very visible turn towards just more churning them out. And I think the biggest shift for me was watching something like this and then comparing it to Poetic Justice, uh, and just so varied but yeah i don't know it was it was a very interesting month and i think it's i feel kind of sad that i don't there's not too many more movies in this filmography to watch yeah and that we're not right still getting more one. movies from him because even with the modern ones that are uh kind of okay we're still enjoying his directing like the directing quality has never dipped which i found also interesting yeah, he stayed a, a very quality director, even if his movies weren't quite as good. And I, I, that's why I agree with Chewie, totally. I, I'd love to go back and watch uh, Higher Learning, because that is the last one he wrote and directed? Or did he do another one no, after that? No, he wrote and directed Shaft. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, Baby Boy, I don't remember. Well, either way, like I, I'd like to go back and watch his other movies now, just because he does have a really strong voice, and even in a movie like Shaft or uh, even Too Fast, Too Furious. You can still tell that it's him. And I think that that alone is still impressive. Like, if, if we're going to say he started just kind of phoning it in, which I don't think it ever went quite that bad. I don't, uh, yeah, I don't think it's a no. phoning in. It's just deciding to just, I guess, have more just straight fun. Yeah, I think he just started enjoying himself. And like I can't blame him for that, because if he was enjoying himself making these movies, it came across, because they've all been fun. Yeah, it's just, I really... Like, I honestly think my favorite movie coming out of this is going to be Poetic Justice. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah that was that was a very solid movie that I, I knew basically nothing about. Um, the other ones have all kind of, I've known at least a little bit, if not seen a bunch of times, like Poison the Hood. Uh, but Poetic Justice was just out of left field, and I really enjoyed that one. So, yeah, anything else we want to say about uh, Singleton? Uh, or, or do we think we've, uh, we've done it? Uh, we've done it for now. Yeah. I'll yeah. continue to watch his other movies later. Yeah, I'll I'll definitely keep visiting him. I, I'm I'm definitely more of a fan. Like it's been freaking every month. Is the more we look into these people, I'm like, oh yeah, it, yeah, almost a broken record at this point. Like every yeah. month, we've become more of a fan of the people we've uh, looked into. Yeah, I'm just waiting for the month where we were like, oh, this guy kind of sucks, or this gal kind of sucks. I mean, it's gonna happen at some point. I'm just curious to see what it is. Watch it be something like, uh, like Steven Spielberg. Like you know what? Every one of his movies is the same. Fuck this dude. Uh, but <laughs> right. <laughs> That's how I feel. About, I mean, I'm never gonna say fuck this dude to Martin Scorsese, but uh, hey, Scorsese's great. Yeah, he loves his mobs. We'll we'll do a Scorsese month at some point. Don't worry, it'll happen. It's <laughs> and just... I'll bring a book about toxic masculinity. 
<laughs> That'll just be the whole episodes. Toxic masculinity one. Toxic masculinity two. two. Hugo. <laughs> toxic masculinity four. <laughs> Hugo. About a boy meeting another man. <laughs> Who's rather toxic. No. Uh, <laughs> damn it. Um, no, but next month. Next month, I we will be returning to what was the original plan for this month. We do Taika Waititi. Uh, which I'm really excited to get into. Uh, I, I've been very excited to watch these movies for a while now, and it's uh, and, and it, yeah, I'm I'm pumped. It's gonna be a lot of fun. It's gonna be way more fun than than, than the beginning of last month, which was really depressing, like Boys in the Hood, and then Poetic Justice, which was sad and and not sad, but also and sad. And I say it, Poetic Justice ended on hope. It did end on hope. Um, but yeah, so we're gonna start things off with uh, Eagle versus Shark. And nice. Uh, and I'm pretty excited about it. So yeah. am I to rewatch that movie. Yeah, it's gonna be fun because I haven't rewatched it since it came out a long freaking time ago. So I'm gonna be. Oh interested. man, yeah. I'm gonna be interested to see how it's aged. Uh, so yeah, next month Taika Waititi, and then uh, we'll figure out things from there. Uh, let's do a quick round of plugs, and then we can say goodbye. Uh, for me, uh, athpod.com for this and every other show, including casual cartoons, which will have one more episode coming out. Uh, and then the subject matter that I was going to reveal last Monday when I record with John, I have since scrapped. So I don't know what's going to be yet, but it's, uh, it's <laughs> all <be> right. <laughs> and that keeping the audience the guessing. The greatest it's, ever. It's, it's, uh, it's going to be good. And then it's going to be over and that's going to be sad. But then welcome to you. Our doom is going to start and I'll be happy again. So that's the frisky dingo podcast. If you're not familiar, uh, that's it for me. Chewy, what you plugging? Watch Superstore. Just do it. Watch it. Enjoy <laughs> it. Have fun with it. Wait Watch for it the next again. Season, which will start at some point. Yeah, yeah. Uh, TBD. Com- yeah, coming out uh, at some time later. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the rest of production starts again. Yeah, uh, John, what you plugging? Uh, well, first we've got our Discord up and running, which we link to in every episode whenever it comes out of any podcast we do. So check that out there if you want to continue the conversation. And then we've also got Demon Days, my show, which I uh, am the dungeon master for. It's an actual play podcast with an all tiefling party. And uh, they are always up to no good. Uh, and then last, but n- certainly not least, a correction from our very infrequently used corrections department. Uh, last week, when we were talking about Shaft, we kept mentioning that there were only three Shaft movies. Uh, I was very stuck on the fact that the first Shaft movie and the Samuel L. Jackson and then the most recent were all called Shaft. And I stopped doing research at that point, which was dumb of me. The original Shaft was a trilogy. Uh, I've been made aware of that now, and uh, I apologize for getting that very obvious and rather hard-to-miss fact uh, corrected since it was obvious and I missed it like an idiot. Um, so that's been corrected now. There are, uh, in fact, more Shaft movies than just Shaft, Shaft, and Shaft. Uh, <laughs> so that's the official end. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.